Well, hi, Godin. Thanks so much for sitting here with me today. We're in the Lenai Culture and Heritage Center. It's Tuesday, May 3rd. Uh, I'm Shelly Preza. And do you mind, Uncle Dean, if you just introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, and thank you for uh, inviting me to participate in this. Yeah. Uh, I'm Dean Del Rosario. Uh, and I'm here at the invitation of Shelly. And uh, I'm born and raised here. Uh, I'm also on the board for the Lenai uh, Culture and Heritage Center. And I work closely with Shelly. Thank you. So I think, you know, where I wanted to start, I guess, was just if you wanted to speak a little bit about your experiences growing up in the plantation town of Lanai City. And I think why I'm really interested in hearing about this is because, you know, my generation, we grew up without any memory of, you know, the sprawling pineapple fields and like the work that it took to you know, the hard work it took to, to really harvest and um, plant and, you know, just that lifestyle, I think, is something that my generation is a little disconnected from. Um, so maybe you could just share if there's any memories that stand out to you about um, that time. Okay. You know, there's so many and it's, it's so hard to choose. But one thing comes to mind just at this moment is that I live on Lanai Avenue right across the labor yard. And the labor yard was the kind of the center of uh, plantation activity uh, because when the whistle blow, that's when you know that work is gonna start. And when the whistle blow at the end, that's when it's ending. And when it blows, that means people start to go to the labor yard to get ready to go onto the trucks, to be taken to the fields. And uh, in the afternoon when it blows, at least for me as a young kid, it uh, indicated that my mother's coming home because Pawana. Mm. And, uh, you know, a really clear memory because it was part of my daily schedule was uh, to wait for my mom to come home from work as a young elementary kid sitting on our front porch because our house was right across the labor yard. And uh, the trucks used to pass in front of the city, in front there to go into the labor yard so I could. I could see my mom waving at me from her truck, and uh, then I would go run across and help her carry her uh, big bag that uh, we call it the, the Munsell bag, you know, with, with all her arm guards, cover pants, gog screen goggles, you know, mm. cocoa tin, you know, er all, everybody had the same stuff, you know, or the rubber pants because it was wet in the morning, you know, and uh, I remember I used, to, I used to tell her, oh, ma, some dirty you. And she said, you know, like I'm dirty. You go to school, you study hard, mm. you know? And uh, uh, that was an example of the, the, the hardship of the plantation that our parents used to uh, uh, teach us mm -hmm. to uh, work hard and value education, you know? There's a, there's, a, there's a Japanese saying that, uh, you know, uh, when your children have their children, then they will know the debt they owe their parents. Mm -hmm. You know, or as my mother used to say, wait till you get your kids. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, so, you know, I, our people, the plantation people, did not have a lot of material things to give their kids, to make their lives better. 
what they had was a, a set of values mm -hmm. that arose from the hardships of meditation and a belief that if you live by these values, your life will be better. And these values, as I said earlier, is values of work ethic, work hard, value education, you know, take care of neighbors, you know, respect, a sense of obligation, hmm. uh, reciprocity. And because the land provided the fish and the deer and the gardens, you know, there was a, a sense of love for the land, law, you know. Even if we didn't have it from the a native Hawaiian concept, mm -hmm. the closest to the land, because we live close to the land. Mm -hmm. And if you take it on land, the land will take care of you. It has to, mm -hmm. you know. So these are experience of a, of a multicultural community that was brought here by a large landowner as a source of labor, you know. You know, as a, they were all put into these first generation different camps. Uh, they didn't know very little about each other, but what was the, the common place was the, the work in the fields. And it evolved into the local people today. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's our heritage, that's our culture. And while we don't have the plantation today, we have the values. Mm -hmm. And uh, values have to be lived. And that's our kuleana. So back then, the pineapple trucks uh, used to drive through the city. Mm. They had different stopping points because the, the, the trucks was used, what it was, the, it was a pineapple bin that was in the back of a truck. Uh, but at the end of the day, the shuttle station, the truck station that's across from the Sensei's agricultural thing. Kind of down by the airport. Yeah, down by the airport, mm -hmm. you know, and that was a show station. They had a dispatcher. At the at the end of the work day, they would send a truck with an empty pineapple bin. And that is what the people went into. Mm. You know, the truck driver would, would hook up a chain across the bin and the people would hang on, hold on to this chain, <laughs> you know, bumping up and down in the dirt road in the fields to come home. That's why one of my things my mother used to say, she says, yeah, you better go school. Well, but you gotta hold the chain, <laughs> which means you gotta work in the fields, mm. you know. Uh, when we had the whistleblow, like my brothers, they used to play at the baseball park, which is where uh, Halikupuna is. Mm. Bef you know, each uh, camp had a park and a basketball court and a baseball. Ours was the major one, that's a major uh, baseball park. That, uh, and in front of it, we, we had open ditches, you know, I guess before those. The laws allowed for that. So we used to play in the ditches that water, dirty water used to run through. <laughs> we used to swing on. Uh, there was a big banyan tree. And you know how the roots come up? Mm -hmm. Or we tie a rope and we'd, we'd swing across. It's, it's kind of funny because, you know, the trucks would come and we'd swing across a little closer to the truck. <laughs> and then we'd swing back across the ditch. But when the whistle blow, there was a sign to my brothers to go home and light the uh, kerosene heater. You know, because my mom, it's a big deal for her. When she comes home for work, has to have hot water because the first thing they want to do is they want to take a, sh take a shower. Mm -hmm. And if, you, if she comes home and there's no hot water, oh my God, you know. <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to use the matches, one of my brothers. So there's a little match and it's a, the kerosene was in a bottle with a little spring on the top. And then you would turn it upside down so the kerosene would go 
downward into the system, mm. and then you'd light the heater. Back then, kerosene was the main fuel. Kerosene stove, kerosene hot water. Uh, and this was back in the 60s or 50s? Yeah. I think 60s, mm-hmm. 60s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so your parents, were they second generation immigrants or the first yeah, generation? My, my father is second generation. Mm-hmm. He was just actually born in Maui. Mm-hmm. Because when my, my grandfather, I think he came, he was the first, uh, came with the first wave of Filipinos. They called that group the Sakatas, mm-hmm. the, the first group. And so he came around 1908, 1910. So the was not a plantation at that time. Mm-hmm. So they went to, he worked in, in Maui, uh, different. And then later he went to, uh, the last plantation he worked before coming to Lanai was uh, Speckosville. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because I asked my my uncles how how they ended up in Speckerfield, and he said uh, not all plantation had hospitals. You know, if you work in, in Hana plantation or other plantations, uh, medical care for the plantation workers were really uh, absent. Mm. Uh, and the biggest one was Speckerfield, and my they had a high uh, child mortality rate. Mm. When kids got sick, they didn't have care. And my grandmother lost a couple of children. So my grandfather uh, asked to move to Specklesville because they had built a new hospital. Mm. And my understanding is that later on when the plantation started here, the, uh, the landowner uh, then, and these are all the missionary families that, that owned the plantations, would ask for needed workers. So they would ask, the other plantation owners, if they had extra men or who, who would willing to come to Lanai. And so my grandfather was one of the, the first group to, mm. to come over. And so your grandfather came in the 20s with your grandma too? Yeah. I think it's closer to the 30s. Uh, uh, you know, don't hold me to all these dates, <laughs> you know, because I didn't do any research. I'm just trying to anecdotally mm-hmm. uh, from what my family tells me. Yeah, uh, so, uh, so yeah. my father actually was, was a, he came here as a child. He was, he was born in Maui, so okay. he moved his, with his family here. Uh, but he was, a, he was young. Uh, uh, that's why I kind of, I think it's a cool thing that I graduated from the same high school as my father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like a legacy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, we, it shows that we kind of mawed through this place, yeah. 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 Was there anything that stood out to you about the the childhood of you know growing up in Lanaihaina Elementary? Anything that's different than today, or any traditions that came out of your time at school? No, you know, as, you know, it's it a plantation school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's one thing about a plantation school is that everybody had the same schedules. Everybody's parents had to go work the same time, mm-hmm. come home the same time. There was a certain rhythm of the community, you know. Uh, and someone said that to me about you know, agrarian society, mm-hmm. agricultural. Everything is, is uh, focused around the growing of pineapple. Mm-hmm. You know, so summer was a time for harvest. Winter rains get muddy, so they do different things. The, the seasons or the weather uh, uh, determine a lot of the activities, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I, think it's, that, I think that's why during the summer, summers was off for children in the past because it was for that people could work in the fields, mm. 
you know. The thing I like, I remember that I liked about Manai High School, I like that, uh, like your Uncle Bobby, you know, you know, all the kids that was born in that year went to kindergarten <laughs> and we went 13 years and then we graduated. So um, many of my classmates, especially the boys, the Silver and I are like brothers to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're very close to me. We'll do anything for each other. Uh, and there's this, 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 this part of Lanai is the uh, sense of belonging. Mm. And it comes from uh, time, from being together, you know. I used to like the old uh, classroom, wooden classrooms, because all the buildings back then was wooden and had big verandas, mm. had big porches in, in front of it. So when doing, you know, the recesses or the break, I remember I was sitting on a porch, wow. you know, sitting on a railing. You know, uh, kind of too bad they don't make uh, schools like that anymore. We, mm. we, uh, the nice big porch. Obviously. Nice big porch, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, so when you were little, you would wait for your mom folks to come home, but at what point did you start working in the pineapple fields? At When we reached 15, which is the, the legal age to, mm-hmm. to work, uh, everyone here worked. You know, uh, uh, they would kind of announce it. So, uh, the year you make 15, before school is out, you have to go up to the personnel office, which is, my father was in charge of that. Oh. Yeah, he was, you know, like, I think, assistant personnel director. And it's right here, in, in, in the center. In the Dole Admin building. Yeah, in the oh, Dole Admin building, and it's right where we have, uh, I think, some of the Hawaiian stones exhibits exhibits oh, wow. yeah okay so right where we are now yeah right, right here wow. that's one thing i like when i and when i was a kid i used to go to my father's office mm-hmm. so it's so cool for me to come to the center because i come back to my father's office you know uh so we'd, we'd sign up and you're assigned to gangs and the gangs is according to your your class oh so you got so, to work with your friends yeah so during the summer we all work with my classmates the boys in one gang the girls in one gang mm-hmm. you know and uh it was hard work. When I think back, I sure I'm sure I hated it, but when I think back now, it was fun. Yeah. You know, and we, we were pretty low low in Nakio, you know, uh, <laughs> fooling around, giving the Luna a hard time, you know, and then when we, I think you had to be, I think a year at the sixteen, you reach a certain age, you can work night shift, mm-hmm. and we preferred nights because it's so much cooler. Mm-hmm. And things are slower. But you know when you play at night and you're under a light, you get a little more cold here too. <laughs> so you know, we used to hide in the plants and make the Luna try find us. <laughs> you know, to make us go back work, you yeah. know, things like that, you know. Especially when you're on the mountain fields. Mm-hmm. We used to like to get the mountain fields, like up Hii was all pineapple field, Kluanui or Waikyoko was all pineapple fields. And it's farthest from the truck station. So when we had a load and the truck had to leave, we know the truck is going to take longer to come up the mountain road mm-hmm. so we can rest longer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just thought of this about working uh, with my classmates in the gang. The line you work in the pineapple field is significant. Uh, we put the, the best and the strongest pineapple pickers in the first, second, third, fourth rows close to the machine uh, because uh, 
for some reason, there seemed to be more pineapple on those rolls, you know? <laughs> and the slack is all at the end. Like, I'm on, I'm, I like to go at the end you know, <laughs> with a boss can and see me, you know? And because sometimes when it gets really uh, busy, you can occasionally forget to pick a couple of pineapples. <laughs> <laughs> and if too many guys do that, the Luna would then walk in the back, you know, and see how much pineapples the boy's not picking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they actually make the thing reverse. After he screams, they yell at everybody to pick the pineapple. But the ones that are closest to the road is where the Luna walking on the road. So he can see. Mm-hmm. So those guys gotta 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 hustle and pick hard and uh and you know there's a there's an extra road where the fruit is closest to the road, so the fruit would fall on the roadside. So the the first line guy can't really pick that. So there's this thing called sideline. One guy would go ahead in front of the truck, pick the pineapples that are hanging down on the side of the road, and put it on top of the plant. So when the machine comes, the f- guy in the first line can pick those. So he has kind of like an extra role, mm. you know. So, uh, you know. Uh, and some of the guys who took, there's some regular guys who volunteer for that, and they almost kind of had a reputation as the, the tough guys, the strong <laughs> guys, you know, you know, the f- first line, you know. Like I prefer sideline myself. <laughs> put, put the, you know. So you know, just because I feel like I've only seen pictures of the pineapple machines and you know, like the the big um, truck that would have the is it you call it a boom or like the it's a boom. so yeah. it would so it would drive on the road and then it would extend out and then everyone would walk individually in the rows yes. to pick. Okay. And uh, the boom would have a conveyor belt. So as you as you throw the pineapple, take the crown off and drop the fruit in, the conveyor would roll it towards the truck to the machine, the picking machine, and the picking machine would roll it then into the the truck uh, oh. bin, you know. So when you guys would pick, you would have to remove the crown too. Yes. Okay, sorry, I have no sense of you know like and what the actual process was like. You know, people had their own little technique of they call it flipping. <laughs> You'd hold a crown and you twist your wrist and then the thing would flip fly off and it's all different techniques <laughs> like styles of picking yeah, pineapple you know and the guys who as you get tired doing that sometimes they, they uh, you would pound it on a boom like the edge of the between the edge of the fruit and the crown if you can hit it at a certain place along the edge of the boom then the pineapple will just fall over mm. and break off the the uh, crown and it's called pounding the boom and all these <laughs> freezes but uh, pounding was discouraged because oftentimes they pound the fruit uh, and then you have all this dripping fruit yeah uh, and then again the Luna would get unhappy mm-hmm. and he would uh, hey, <laughs> pounding a boom <laughs> so the the, the con- <laughs> so the conveyor belt <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm trying to picture all this in my head. So the conveyor belt would take the pineapple, the freshly picked pineapple without the crown, down the line, and then where would the crowns go? The crowns would just go on the ground. Oh. And then uh, there's another form of work called picking crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, when there's the fruit has all been picked at the end of the season, uh, then to make work and also for the continued uh, ability to plant pineapples they would uh, send the gangs out to pick the crown. Mm-hmm. And we just pick the crown off the ground and put it in the boom and we go to a truck. But the truck had a different kind of bin. It was a wire bin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after the thing is filled, uh, uh, 
those will then go out into the fields that are plowed and ready for planting. And uh, the side of these wire bins, uh, the like three big panels, can be dropped and they use like a little big rake and they pull the crowns out and they make little piles along the road, mm. you know. And then when the, what they call the planting man, the man that would plant those, they would come and they have these big burlap bags, they'd roll it out with canvas bags and they would pile it up with uh, crowns. Then they would throw it on their shoulder. And the first thing they do, they have to spread that along their whatever acreage they're working on. They spread the crowns and then later on they would go in the rows and grab it to its spread and stick it into those black uh, plastic paper that we see all over the mm -hmm. island. So, I mean, it sounds like it was really grueling because all of what you're describing is like you're bending over, right, all day to just yeah. repetitively like put all these crowns it, back it, in. It is. It, it, it's, it's, it's really grueling, arduous work and it's, uh, you're on your feet and it's uh, really hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, you know, I want to think an interesting thing I think about the plantation that people don't know is that all this machinery was fabricated on Manai mm -hmm. by local uh, pineapple shop workers, welders and stuff. It's not like you could call up John Deere and order one pineapple machine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you, this thing, you know, General Motors didn't make make stuff and the trucks they did, but mm -hmm. uh, you know and these came from the talents of local plantation, you know, the descendants of immigrants, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you know, like even those, we call it those cut stones that everybody has in the yard, those big heavy stones. Mm -hmm. uh, they're made by uh, Japanese stone cutters, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, if you go to Japan and you look at the uh, castles, uh, and there's a little display of how they turn screws into the these monstrous boulders to crack it so that they can make it like semi-square. Mm -hmm. That's the exact same technique mm -hmm. that the Japanese craftsmen here to build a, a stone they made a roads, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I feel like when people think about the plantation, maybe they only think about how hard the work was, but not necessarily about the innovation that came out of local people and just like adapting to this environment in a way that makes the work a little more efficient, I guess. Yeah. I think that's so cool that it came from like the people here, you know, and not just like, yeah, like you said, you couldn't order off a catalog, right? Right, <laughs> you know, and, and, you, and, and, and you know what work, it doesn't work. You know, uh, the supervisors, you know, the landowners of the plantation, they was of course interested in the production and the, of the pineapple, but, but the process of growing it and picking it and transporting it came down to the workers, you know, and uh, This is just came to mind, you know, our, our public education system, and you can cut this off <laughs> later, but uh, Lanai High School started in 1938. Uh, before that, we didn't have a high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, this guy, Ralph Stuber, he was, he, he so, was a, a very old person, but there was, he was the University of Hawaii, was a sociology professor a long, very long time ago, okay. Uh, and uh, he wrote this piece about public education in, in Hawaii. And he said, the plantation 
people uh, was not meant to be educated uh, uh, because they were to work in the fields, they were source of labor. And when they had children, uh, there was no interest in giving the children education because it was to replace their parents mm. and continue working with them. The immigrants were a source of labor. So there was no great interest in, to educate them to move out of the pineapple fields and mm. start a, a better life. Mm. There was a, a workforce. Uh, uh, but he, but he belief is that uh, the school system for high school then started in 1938 because the plantations became mechanized. They went from mules to, to trucks and tractors. And now they needed a, a skilled workforce. People who could weld, measure, build, and that required some education. So at that time, that, uh, it was in the landowner's interest to have a more educated uh, uh, plantation mm. workers. So the, the, the school started in 1938. Yeah, I guess it's kind of, it's unfortunate that that was only sparked because it, it fit with what was in the interest of, you know, the, the plantation and stuff. And I guess, you know, you were speaking earlier about how um, your parents really emphasized the value of getting further education so that you wouldn't have to, you know, have the same life, like working in the fields the whole time. So w was that like a big um, kind of theme amongst a lot of families or was it just, um, you know, your family or... Yeah, no, I, I think all the plantation families. See, f from the very first generation, the, fir the first generation's life was so hard, mm -hmm. was so harsh. And, you know, they, they didn't have an eight hour work day. They, they worked sun up to sundown. Uh, they didn't have sick leave. You know, you cannot get up in the morning and call up your boss and say, I, I'm not feeling good today, I would stay home. Mm -hmm. You know, the Luna would come to your plantation house and make you work Oof. you know and if you broke a hole or a tool you could get punished for Oof. stuff like that it was very harsh yeah you know and so much of the struggles of the of the first generation plantation workers was really for uh, human rights to be to be treated more than beast of burdens mm -hmm. you know so you know there's a the Issei had this the Japanese uh, there's a book written actually, it's called Kurumo no Tamini, uh, and it's about the, the history of the Japanese plantation workers. And my understanding is translated for the sake of the children. And the idea of the first generation was that we will, we will endure these hardships uh, with hope that, uh, and sacrifice that our children's lives will be better. Mm. You know. So when the second generation came along, uh, really, uh, their struggle was not to be treated as second-class citizens because now they were the citizens of the United States, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know the story of the, the 442nd internment mm -hmm. of the Japanese. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's a story of, of demonstrating their loyalty and their value, you know. And going back to your question about education, it is a value of the plantation people that arose out of plantation experience to value education because education was believed to be the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, all parents always emphasize that it's education is something that no one can take from you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very optimistic in that you can do and be whatever you want 
if you get a good education. Mm-hmm. But you have to work hard. You know? And it, it's, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, is that a value you think that you learned from, like, your experiences growing up on Lanai, like, the value of hard work and um, resilience? I, I just feel like when I hear stories about, like, from my parents or, you, you know, other folks in your generation about growing up here, that's something that really stands out to me as the the values that were instilled because of, you know, this, what you folks went through together, yeah, the shared experience. It, certainly, it, the, the, these values came out of the hardship of the plantation, mm-hmm. you know. It's so different, That's, you know, like for me with my children, and I think it's common, uh, you know, we tell our kids to study hard uh, so that they can get scholarship <laughs> or they can uh, go and get into a good school mm-hmm. or they can be one doctor or a lawyer, you know. Uh, my grandparents and parent generation was study hard so that you can have a better life. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, uh, so you can stand on your own two feet. Mm-hmm. You don't have to rely on people. Mm-hmm. You, 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 can, you can help your neighbors, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's such a different uh, perspective, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like now it's, you know, you get an education so you can have a career. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and maybe buy a big house. You yeah, know, buy a house. <laughs> you know, I think what what's yeah, <laughs> I know it's maybe impossible for my generation, but I feel like you know what's interesting about what you're saying is that you know everything that we have today as you know young Lanai people was really based around the foundation that you know those who came before us and all their hard work kind of laid for us. Like I think my generation is really privileged that we have, you know, we can think about these kinds of things. And I think it's really important for, you know, I hope that with this, you know, our talking story that, um, you know, future generations will have a better sense of the sacrifice, you know, that came from people who were just looking for a better life. Um, but I think, you know, is there anything you wanted to share about the other values that came out or any of the, the positive things that came out of the plantation experience? Cause I think what I've heard from other people is that, you know, there's, there was really hard work, but a lot of people look back on it with a lot of nostalgia and, you know, kind of missing that sense of community that existed, you know, back during yeah. that time. You know, it, it's, you know, when, when everybody uh, as a generation and the people face the same hardships, uh, that's part of the, the development of the culture, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, these are some of the, the traits that I think or values that arose out of the plantation experience are like work ethic, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, you know, I used to work for this guy, Wally Fujiyama, you know, a law firm. And he used to tell us local kids that worked for him. He said, you know, you're always gonna find people smarter than you, can write better than you, can talk better than you. But we shouldn't find anyone who can work harder than us mm. because we come from a plantation and our parents and grandparents were the hardest working people mm-hmm. and that is what they gave us work ethic so you know we have work ethic valuing education loyalty a sense of obligation kuleana mm-hmm. you know because you go you go diving you know my father you go diving get extra fish go give the neighbor Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you're driving along Kimoku, one jeep pull on the side, stop. You guys okay? You guys need anything? No, mm-hmm. we good. Okay, 
you know, we all watch each other. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Mrs. Yamato would, New Year's, she would put sushi in a little plate. And back then, people didn't use paper plate. They used the plate from their house. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? The nice, like, China. <laughs> <laughs> no, whatever plate they had. Yeah. And then they would come across the hedge and they would tell me, hey, give this to your mom. And I bring the sushi in the house. And, you know, local style, you never return an empty plate. Mm-hmm. So my mom would wash the plate, wipe home, and then she would put, like, cookies in a circle, <laughs> you know, and then we'll give this back to Mrs. Yamato. It, you know, reciprocity yeah. is our, our value. The whole omiyagi thing, mm-hmm. it, you know, uh, that's who we are. And add this to so multicultural, Chinese, Korean, Filipino, everybody did that. Mm-hmm. You know, a Filipino guy gives something to one Japanese house, the Japanese one gives something give to one Korean house. They do this, it was a culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, you were talking about, uh, okay, uh, okay, give me a moment here. It's weird. Oh, about what we got from our, uh, the generation that came before us. Something that I mentioned at the event on Saturday. Uh, you know, and as I was saying that there's a there's a there's an ancient saying that the earth uh, uh, we do not inherit the earth from our our uh, ancestors. We are borrowing it from our children. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know one thing about the plantation people, uh, they were they were not part of the values was not to get more stuff. It was to take care of what you have. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's why we used to make fun of our grandparents. He get the same hammer, you know, like <laughs> 30 years, the same cooler, you know, like how many times he sent to Kiyomoko, man, you know, <laughs> you, know yeah. you know, you know, they'll find a boat on a driveway and they'll, I might need that, yeah. you know, they, they, they put it away, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, and if for them, when you, when you, if you have to borrow something from somebody, like a tool or, you know, some plate or some bowl or something, you take extra good care of it because you have to return it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you know, we used to, every weekend we used to go Kimoku side to go diving and fishing and had all these little campsites in the Kelly trees. And uh, just as you would be drive, uh, you would be diving equipment, we would be in rakes, mm-hmm. you know, because you got to rake the place and, and, and clean it. And my father used to always says, always leave a place better than when you got there because somebody could come back and use this next week. Mm-hmm. You know, so you clean your opala, you know. So that's so the sense that oh, this whole island we have to take care for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, another example, when I used to go hunting, and you know, I think it was 12 when we started. One of my favorite places was Waiku, the saddle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I shot a goat on the kind of on the side of the gulch, and I, I dragged them up onto the trail because it's where it's level and easier to got the animal, you know. So I took out the stomach and stuff, and then I and I chewed a goat on my back and started to walk away. And then my father looked at me and said, "Hey, your Paula. The guts was on the trail, and he said, "Hey, 
Somebody will walk over here next week. You know, he's going to be rotting and smelling at flies. He said, clean the trail. Mm -hmm. So he made me drag it and throw the guts down the gulch. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's those kind of values yeah. that your neighbor might come over here and use this place. It was that, that feeling for the whole island. So, you know, the the stewardship, those values of taking this, this that we are borrowing it from our children because they will inherit mm -hmm. how will we take care of this place. Mm -hmm. Just like our tools, just like what we have. And, uh, you know, sometimes, Shelly, some people think your generation is a very entitled generation. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I, under, I totally understand it, you know, like, I think especially hearing stories from you and like, you know, from my parents about what it was like growing up here and yeah, yeah. The, the things that you folks went through, you know, mm -hmm. I definitely can, you know, we're very privileged, you know, and I think that's good for us to learn about what's happened before so that we can appreciate you know, yeah. the value of those things. And I think yeah. in some ways we're losing touch with that, you know, that selflessness. I, I feel like throughout our conversation today, you've just been talking about how selfless, you know, the yeah. the plantation people were like, and you know, my own like ancestors, right? Like came from the plantation as well. And I think like, maybe that's something that we can do to honor them is to try to practice the values. You know, we may not live in the plantation society still, but I think those lessons that you folks learn, that's something that we can try to carry on, you know, so. That is our heritage, you know, uh, and that's our, our culinary our obligation to, to, to continue those values, you know. Uh, and, you know, the, my thoughts is, you know, the, the spiritual wisdom that came from the, the plantation is that, is to cultivate gratefulness. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't have a lot, you know, we weren't poor in terms of, you know, poverty, you know, we didn't have much, but we're rich in other ways, you know in the values we had, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, gratefulness and humility comes together. The naive people, the Mpeteshi people, humble people, mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're very friendly, they're very kind, you know, and it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. it, it, it came from the first generation. This is how we live, this is what pass on. That's why it's so important that we, we uh, be better stewards of our island and the, and the connection between the land and the people continue mm -hmm. because it is who we are and we are a good people mm -hmm. you know and we want our children to continue that mm -hmm.